Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Naeem Fazel podcast. Naeem, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, welcome back, bro. Welcome back. <laughs> Thanks, man. Back to reality, me and, you know, the fam. For those of you listening, we're on vacation last week, so. Yes, and so you went to uh, Florida with the rest of the world. A couple of questions <laughs> for you really quick. Number one, okay. are, did you, do you have COVID? Number two, uh, are you Tanner? Like, are you, are you not, not as white as you are, my Italian friend? Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, no and yes, as far as I know, <laughs> you know, but my life is basically quarantined into my basement in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> Pennsylvania. So um, I'm just going to just continue to live out my normal life here and be in contact with absolutely nobody. Uh, so we should be good. Um, and then, you know, I've been basically quarantined in this basement for about a year now. So, uh, but I'm not complaining. You're pasty. Yeah. And that's why I'm so pasty. Uh, but not anymore. Okay. The not neon anymore. beanies that, that I've been wearing are popping, man. The tan skin is looking good with the neon beanies. Oh, my gosh. Okay? But You're you hilarious. can't wear beanies in Florida because it's, it's too hot. So oh, wow. I, had to, yeah. I had to adapt. Oh, wow. But, That's good. But did yeah, you shave your head, too? Like, I know you did that a couple of weeks ago. Because, I mean, that's yeah. sensitive skin right there. The you sun. know, I did it. I did it as like a like I was just sick of my hair. And uh, now it's kind of just my thing. Like, I've just been, you know, I, I talk. I had to talk to my wife, Lindy, uh, this past week and say, hey, like, am I just a bald guy now? Like, or do <laughs> I do I just like because I can grow hair. But now yeah, I'm yeah, just a bald just, guy. I don't know. You're, you know what? I mean, I'm, I was going to say that you're kind of, you, I could totally see you just rocking that just because uh, you don't have to mess with it. And you're one of those guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're like, why? Well, I, I don't want to put product. I don't want to want to mess. With it. I want to get up in the morning and be ready. And like, you know, this minutes. is a lot more work though. I didn't do my hair when I had hair. I, now I have to shave it or else it's like, Oh, Velcro. oh I have to, right, like every right, shower right. have to be like, all right, 10 more minutes to shave my head, you know? Oh, wow. It's like, you know what? I I, you'd think yeah. it'd be less work, but it's more. Oh, wow. Wow. Anyways, nobody cares about this. So no what one. Did, what, I mean, they're thinking, <laughs> they're thinking, this podcast is starting to like hair, uh, I don't know, uh, documentary or I don't know yeah. how well, to do hair. I think it's just, you know, the sun fried my brain, uh, you know, <laughs> too much. And I don't even know what I'm talking about. And I know like last week was 420. And speak about oh. fried things. Oh, right. You were right. celebrating big time 420 every year. <laughs> now, for those of you who do not know, 420 is my birthday. It is for sure my birthday. And yes, I did <laughs> celebrate. Not quite sure why you celebrated, my friend. Uh, but yeah, I have actually a reason every year to celebrate. Yes. Um, That's amazing. But yeah, actually, uh, this one was, it was good. It was great. But I actually got to record a podcast, uh, the first international podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty pumped for all listeners uh, to uh, get to experience it. Very cool. Who, who are you talking to in this episode? A guy named Daniel. And then we talk about his last name. You, you know his last name? Uh, yeah, Daniel M. Yes. So I, I can't. I, I want to call him something else. We actually <laughs> talk about our last names. And he's Korean, Canadian, American, pastor, uh, I've known him for uh, quite some time now. And um, awesome. anyways, uh, yeah, it's it's a good one. It's a really good one. So cool, man. Excited to hear it. Uh, let's just jump it. Jump right in. Is that cool with you? 
let's do it. Why don't you put some, uh, you know, um, some, I don't know, some suntan yeah. lotion Stay or something? Tuned. I'm going to put some lotion on my head and we'll be back. <laughs> Enjoy, guys. All right. Well, guys, we are here back again with Darkroom Sessions. And today my guest is Daniel. And Daniel, let me just be honest here. How do you say your last name? Let me, M. let me, come on. <laughs> M. M, yeah, that's right. M. M. I was like, okay. how is he going to pronounce it? <laughs> There's no way. I'm not even doing it. Because here's the thing. I've got this last name that is either Fazel, Fazel, Fazal. Yeah, um, yeah. It's my birthday today, you know, so since we're recording it earlier, you know, this is the 20th. Anyways, and someone said, happy birthday. It's so excited. Nadine. I'm like, do. no, dude. Just, well, happy birthday. I mean, I get to spend your birthday with you doing this. Yes. Is fun. Yeah. Yes. And I hear you're cooking me something. That's yes, what you just brisket. told me. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Too bad the border's still closed. Uh, right. <laughs> okay. So those of you who do not know, uh, you are in canada yeah right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in edmonton yeah edmonton that's right yeah and yes 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 so yeah so that's not gonna happen <laughs> not gonna happen but not next time happen. we're in the same place i mean yeah i'll i'll smoke up some meat for you soon <laughs> it's something <laughs> well, i learned when on, i lived in nashville so <laughs> yeah well based on uh, what you just told me earlier it's gonna take a while <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 well it's you know ahead it's it's all about strategic planning right i mean it's goes to church leadership barbecuing <laughs> you're just kind of hand in hand <laughs> that's hilarious all right so let's tell our viewers and watchers and listeners about how we know each other we discovered that we actually met each other uh four, 15 years 14 years ago <laughs> yeah something like that oh my yeah, god i was i was i was brand new like i had just gotten married, uh, born and raised in Vancouver for me, uh, met my wife on a mission trip. Uh, we, I was pastoring in a, in a church plant in Ottawa. The pastor there had a moral failure. Hold on, hold on. Where's, where's Ottawa? <laughs> Ottawa is like above upstate New York. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, and then the pastor there had a moral failure and I was the, I wasn't the interim. I was the intern. Oh. Uh, and oh. my first sermon was on Easter Sunday. <laughs> oh, so, they, yeah. so they put the intern up? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that, how old were you there? Uh, I was, I just gotten married. Like I was 21. Like I was, no, I don't even think I was 21. I was 20. So you're kidding me. Yeah. And then, and then moved to Montreal and at a church plant there. And then that's actually where um, I, um, I, there's, there's this conference called Q that had just mm -hmm. started and it was like you had to apply and be accepted to it like it was the first year it was going on <laughs> I had applied I got accepted and I was like oh I'm gonna go to Q and then the pastor of our church Lorenzo he was like no 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 don't go to Q come with me to LA to Mosaic right no I mean, way because that's that's where you gotta go like that's where everything's happening that's so it. i was that's like i don't know you know rob bell was doing all the numa stuff he was headlining q yeah. and, and then he was like no no no, no man rob bell meant rob bell slept in Irwin's basement you gotta go over there <laughs> so i was like okay you know what that's yeah hilarious. let's go to the let's go to yoda let's not go to <laughs> and that's where we met <laughs> yeah, and then I was there, and I was just like, yeah. So there's this mosaic in Charlotte as well, and you were speaking, and you're being prayed for. There were different things, so I was like, that's what. Oh, I was like, that's awesome seeing you know you, and also for me being Korean. I mean, 
if you're listening to audio, I'm Korean Canadian. <laughs> so seeing another person of color of not not being white and being yeah. a lead pastor and leading was just yeah, it was super encouraging too. Yeah. So it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, I've had uh, Joel Mudamale. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, or yeah, 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 I do. Okay, yep. okay. So yeah, we were talking about uh, just being um, uh, like brown in a black mm. and white world, you know. Yep. And we just had a real conversation about that, and and uh, and uh, obviously we we had Derwin last week and or the week before, but uh, yeah, it's a real thing. So <laughs> it's. Uh, Man, it's a different challenge. So I'm glad uh, you're joining us. So this is the dark room sessions, which we are talking about as leaders. Uh, you know, we're tempted to be to look the best in the green room. You know, mm-hmm. everybody wants to get in the green room. Um, they want to know what leaders are like in the green room. But unfortunately, just being honest, I know for me at least, I'm not the most authentic in the green room. I'm trying to, I'm trying to really work on my insecurities in the green room. You know, I'm really trying to like one up. It's like. Um, it's like this idea of echolocation, you know, how like you have yeah. to send a signal to something else to tell you where you are. Like yeah. I've got to measure <laughs> my <laughs> being and success based on your location. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and let's be frank, our clothes aren't all that comfortable either in the green room. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so yes. it's not like we're wearing sweatpants and t-shirts. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You're like, I don't even like this. Yeah, it's but like, what's it's, with these the dress shoes? Or, yeah. <laughs> I'll take in this yet. But yeah, so dark rooms are obviously, um, who's that? I think it was a, was it a French, was it a French poet? But talking about the dark room, uh, the dark, uh, the dark, uh, uh, was it the dark, oh, dark, uh, something of the night. I quoted it the first time and now yeah. I forgot it. Podcast, dark night but... of the soul? Yes, dark night, thank you. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so let's jump in. Let's jump in. Okay. Let's tell. Mm. So, um, so who are you? Who are you? What do you do right now? Yeah. So I uh, am a child of God first and <laughs> foremost. Yeah. I mean, this starting is, there. <laughs> yeah. We got, you know, I'm on the Enneagram. I'm a three. Uh, me too. Yeah. So there's this <laughs> whole side of me where I mean, even my la- the last book I wrote is you yeah. are the title is you are what you do. And six other lies about work, life, and love, uh, right? Okay. So there's a little play on the words there. But mm-hmm. even there, after I wrote it, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, like I I talk about seven lies. But the, the lie that has held me the most is that lie that you are what you do. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, even talking about being in the green room or you know, with this whole context, I was like, hey, if I'm not careful, I'm just going to go straight to I'm a pastor. I'm a podcaster. I'm yeah. an author. I'm a, yeah, 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 but yeah. I was like, I got to catch myself. So yes, child of God first and foremost, but husband for 15 years uh, to a incredible woman, Christina, we have three kids, um, two girls and a boy. And yeah, I mean, we've lived all over. I shared a little bit of my story at the beginning there, but after Montreal moved to Korea, was there for okay. a couple of years uh, and then moved to Edmonton, where I'm currently serving. I was here for almost five, serving on the team, and then moved to Nashville for five years. And that's where we re, uh, met one another uh, through uh, one of the many conferences. And then after that, uh, about a year and a half ago, or about, actually more than two years ago, God started stirring in my heart. We had just gotten our green cards in Nashville, and it was oh, like, wow. I mean, you know, like it's expensive yeah. for five of us. And I was oh. working for Lifeway and basically figure, helping Lifeway figure out 
how they're going to resource church planting. So I was working with Ed Stetzer, how they're mm. going to resource uh, multi-site working with Todd Adkins and Eric Geiger. And when Tom Rayner was there and all that, and, and just had a blast serving there, uh, serving as a teaching pastor at my church. And people were like, what does that even mean? And I was like, well, <laughs> all I do is preach every other week. I don't go to any meetings. I don't do any. Oh my gosh, care. that's the life, bro. <laughs> right? So people are like, dude, you have the dream job. You are preaching, not having to be involved in any of the church politics or anything. And you're serving the capital C church through Lifeway and all that. And then I, I was just, we loved it. And we loved our neighborhood. We mm. were had just so many inroads in our community and with our kids school and just had such an incredible community just gotten our green cards. And then That's God a huge started, thing, man. Yeah, it it's, took me 10 years. <laughs> yeah, to get mine. it was mad so. and just so utterly expensive. Yeah, and then yeah. God started unsettling our hearts. Mm. And then a couple months later, I came back up to Edmonton, same church. I was going to speak on the weekend, lead a staff retreat. That's all it was going to be. And then the lead guy here, Keith Taylor, who's been leading for 30 years. The church is a hundred years old this year. He was like, Hey, oh my gosh, I wow. am planning, you know, I'm planning on, you know, I'm, you know, I'm praying about hanging it up. Right. And passing the baton and moving into my next season of ministry and I was wondering if you would pray about this. And I was like, nah, like, you know, well, I, I'll pray about it, quote unquote. Yeah, uh, yeah. But not really wanting to because we just loved our life in Nashville. And so I shared the story. I was like, oh, you know, it's interesting that you say that because a couple months ago, I felt like God was unsolding our hearts. And we, yeah, we just don't really know what that is. I think it's because yeah. the, Tom Rayner, the president of Lifeway at the time was retiring. So we were just like, it's probably what it is. And, or maybe we're going to go back um, or, or, or whatnot. And then he, I kid you not said, well, it's interesting how you say that because for the last couple of months, I've been praying that God would unsettle someone's heart. Same words. <laughs> oh, so I was like, wow. okay. Okay, I actually right. do have to pray about this. Uh, <laughs> and then long story short, uh, we ended up moving back to Edmonton. Uh, by the time this podcast releases, uh, it's going to be about two more weeks. And then wow. the Baton Pass will have uh, been completed. But yeah, it's been kind of an almost two-year journey of discerning, coming back to Canada, mm -hmm. stepping into the lead pastor role. I mean, this church I mean, has planted over 60 churches in its 100 oh, wow. years like just an wow. incredible legacy of multiplication. So I'm just That's humbled awesome, to, to be back in Canada and to be serving in this, in this manner. Wow. Wow. Man, what a journey. That's, it's, yeah. uh, that's amazing. Uh, so, you know, what's unique about your story, I think, is that, and it, what excites me is that your ability to really speak into, um, I guess, the different, um, uh, the I don't know if it's a value system, uh, mm. possibly, of, of you quote uh, the American church yep, versus yep. Western church. Mm. What is it? What is it? What's the difference? I mean, do you see something different <laughs> or is it the same? You sure you want to go <laughs> down this road? <laughs> is it bad? Is it? I mean, let's just, okay. I mean, we were going to talk about like dark room sessions, but let's just talk about it, man. Is, okay. Is it dark? Is it good? <laughs> okay. Okay. So this. I, this, I, I, I love to talk about this um, because it's something okay. that I've been just really processing and praying through and reading about and, and thinking and reflecting on. 
because I mean, I first and foremost, like I born and raised in Vancouver, my parents immigrated from Korea in the 70s. So I'm Korean, Canadian, Korean American, AAPI, you know, however you want to put it. Okay. Uh, right. So you have that aspect of me. But for me, I mean, you know, not every Asian is the same. So right. for me being Korean, there's a strong measure of hierarchy and, uh, and, and power and patriarchal uh, tendencies mm -hmm. that are just in my bones. Yeah. Right. So as yeah. you would, as a white person within North America would have to come to terms with the fact that racism is just in their bones because of the power mm. structures that are within the systemic sense of what, what's going on. Like just, just as you would have to recognize that, for me, I need to recognize that patriarchy and hierarchy and power is just in my bones because I've seen it my entire life. So for me, personally coming into stepping into a lead pastor position of a quote unquote mega church. I mean, there's just all of these for me, this is why I, I love talking about because I'm just, I'm just trying to be hyper aware mm. of what I just, what is in my bones and what right, I need right. to be aware of. Cause there's so much there in, in any organization, including within the church, there's so many dynamics going on underneath the surface and if we kind of focus in on your question with America, Western society, there's a strong bent towards celebrity and mm -hmm. toward our desire to want a celebrity. And I mean, this, this isn't just within our culture. I mean, you go back to Saul, <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah, I, mean, yeah. the, I yeah. mean, they wanted a king, right? They yeah, rejected yeah. Samuel and they wanted a king. And in the same way, underneath the surface, in the West, we want a king. And for many in this past year, if you don't know God, the president and politics are your highest form of authority in your life. So no wonder there's so much conflict when it comes to politics, because there's no other higher form of authority than government if you're not a follower of Christ. Mm. But if you're a follower of Christ, we know that Jesus is king, not the president. Yet somehow underneath the surface, unaware individuals will actually project that onto their pastor. And mm -hmm. when they project that onto their pastor, that's why we see the culture of a lot of uh, failures and, uh, you know, abuse of power and all yeah. of that that's happened within senior pastors and uh, churches within the last, you know, five, 10 years that we know wow. of. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so it's interesting because you, um, I, not easily, but you, you clearly and unash I guess, uh, unashamedly just said, Hey, this is my past. This is where I come from. So I know it's in my bones. Yeah. Well, that's not easy for someone in the U S to say, well, that's in my bones too. And I got to watch that mm. because they, because they go, that's not in my bones. I mean, I come from a, I come from a very uh, shame-based culture. I come yeah. from, uh, you know, an honor-based culture. I mean, it's, it's sort of similar to yours, yes. I would say, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, so, but I'm aware of that. But it mm. seems like here, I think in some, in some cases, in some uh, circles, they, uh, people, the church in the U.S. sometimes does not realize that it, it, has bent, it is bent towards something. Mm. And yeah. they've got to understand that. It, it is bent yeah. towards something not that pretty 
Yeah. Well, and that's and if we and don't intentionally turn the wheel, it's not yeah. going to go there. Yeah. Right. And that's and that's that that's the first step. I mean, that's just leading well. And that's not just leadership. That's just being whole as a human being, recognizing that we all have assumptions, pre-assumptions and preconceived notions. And, you know, what is the water that we are swimming in? What is the air that we are breathing? Yeah. I love what Sun Shu, uh, he wrote The Art of War, and it's a paraphrase, but he basically said, if you know your enemy, you'll win half the battles. But if you know yourself, you'll win the other half. Oh. And we have such mm. a preoccupation with yeah. knowing the other, right? And, and we wouldn't yeah. call someone that we look up to an enemy, but you're essentially doing the same thing. You're studying, you're learning. Like my mom, she, she like daily prays that I would be like Billy Graham. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> I, I, there's nothing that I'm more passionate about than seeing the lost come to know Christ. And I praise Jesus over this pandemic for the number of people that have through mm -hmm. our church. But mom, don't expect that, or don't even, I don't yeah, even want yeah, you to yeah. pray that because <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting because it's, it's in our culture, it's so easy to have, and this goes back to the celebrity side of things. It's so easy for us to go back to, Hey, role models are great. It's great to have a mentor. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, those are all culturally yeah, got, acceptable yeah. things and we encourage it. But the problem is when you are so focused on that and being mm -hmm. that, that you neglect who God has created you to be, right? So here's the, here's the place that, I mean, it comes up the most, okay? It's when someone who is unaware racially says, mm -hmm. I don't see color, okay? You know, and you've heard it. Right. I mean, yeah, I've heard yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I bless their heart. Right. They're saying it out of the most sincere, genuine. I am not racist. I don't see color. I see everyone as being a child of God and we're all the same. Right. There's no Jew, no Gentile. No. And it was like, mm -hmm. I fully understand where you're coming from. The problem is there you have just articulated in that one sentence all of your preconceived notions and assumptions right. and all of that that you're not even aware of and if mm -hmm. you're not aware of that how can you grow how can you mature how can we all do and and that's i'm i gave the example of race as one example but we all have that right regardless and for me it's the power side it's the hierarchy side it's the patriarchy side mm. so do you see this in canada <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's interesting because Canada is, it's, I mean, it's they, an interesting they, mix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, so, okay. So <laughs> it's funny. Canadians have this simultaneous, and I don't know as a Canadian, if I'm allowed to say this on air. Uh, <laughs> so I'm well, sorry you, to you all. You do have a green card. You do have a green card. So you yeah, well, back. <laughs> well, I had to give it up. So um, <laughs> I know it was just, anyway, that's another story. Okay. Um, okay. okay. So. Canadians have this simultaneous obsession and hatred with America. They're okay. obsessed with America and American news, American politics, American economy. All of that dominates our news cycle here, right? And we love going to America and, you know, all, all the different things. I mean, it's just Canadians love America, but they hate America as well. And they never want to be seen as Americans. It's just weird tension so within our culture because our media is so inundated with the american news cycle okay. you actually have 
people who are uh, who are Trump fans. I mean, I know the elections passed, but you know, just like there are in the states. I mean, so many Trump advocates in Canada. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like. <laughs> You can't even vote for him. Uh, yet what he stands for, you see that. And then you see people who hate Trump as well, like just like in the States, right? You got both sides. Right, right. What's interesting within the whole context of what we're talking about is within Britain, and I saw this in Australia a lot, there's this thing called the tall poppy syndrome, where anyone who stands up above the crowd gets chopped down. So oh. it's, yeah, it's just, so, so when I was working for Lifeway, I mean, I was in Australia, we were doing consulting work with churches in Australia. And it was such a fast, this is where I first noticed it. Because when I was in the States, um, and I would go speak at a conference, or even people at my church, and I wrote a new book, and it's not like I'm talking about my book on Sunday or anything, but but they yeah. see that I'd written a book, or, you know, they're coming to hear me at a conference, people will come up, and be like, hey, can I, can you sign my book? And I'm always like, it's kind of weird, right? Um, but yeah. it's still like, they're doing that. And they're like, oh, thank you for your ministry. I really, and they're just, it's this weird, they're just trying to be nice. But when I was in Australia, it was the weirdest thing, because I would have to hear from someone else. That's the person who had just talked to me. You know, my book was so transformative for their ministry, but they would never say it to my face, but they would say it to someone else. Because if they said it to my face, it would puff me up. And they were like, oh, we can't do that. Because you, you gotta cut the tall poppies. Are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. That's, so a, it's just, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a real thing. So in Canada, you have this weird mix of this celebrity culture Right. And, and, of, and this tall poppy where it's, oh, wow. it's, yeah, it's this weird mix depending on who you're with. So it's a little passive aggressive, wow. right? I mean, it's kind of weird. <laughs> but isn't that all Canadians? <laughs> oh, I don't even well, know. Maybe. Canadians and I Southerners, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I have no context. I mean, all I know is that they're friendly and, yeah. uh, there, and there are a lot of Indians in Canada. That's all yes. I know. Yep. <laughs> That's right. But um, um, all right. So, so you, we, we talked about a lot of things. I think, uh, I think I am really uh, grateful that you mentioned these. So let's take it further. Okay. So if we are going down this path, I mean, let's just talk about this idea of celebrity culture um, that does exist. Uh, obviously this idea of like uh, people wanting to put someone on an altar in, in a sense, you know, right. So we know the biggest difference is like with Jesus, like I, you know, I, I say like Jesus uh, with his leadership and the way he led people, he always created tables, mm. uh, but we are used to creating altars, right? Mm. But the religion does the same thing. It wants you to worship at the altar of whatever. And sometimes we're not careful as leaders. We build altars and not tables. Um, and that's the celebrity culture you're talking about. So what do you like, what's the dark side of that? Mm. Like, what is the dark side of your uh, people who want to be a part of the church, who want to be people who want to follow Jesus, who want to look up to you? Like, what does it do, not just to the person as a leader, but uh, this is the question. What does it do to, to the quote-unquote celebrity? Mm. And, what, and what does it do to the person who's actually following them? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, it is, uh, you know, we, you hear a lot about hacking, right? You got to like life yeah. hacks and, you know, and you can look up stuff and man, it is so easy to hack your way to build a church and to grow a church based on a celebrity culture. 
Really? Because, okay. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's even, I think it's easier in America. It's a bit mm-hmm. harder in Canada because you have the tall poppy side of things. Yeah. 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 But, but I would say in both contexts, it's so easy to do that because man, you just follow the playbook and you just, in a sense, there's a, there's a industry called growth hacking uh, that have, that has nothing to do with churches, but it has to do with building a business. Like, you know, how do you, how, like Clubhouse, like how is Clubhouse mm-hmm. growth hacking its way to being right. one of the, you know, the fastest growing yeah. platforms and it's only on Apple devices, right? Right, right. So, yeah. so how are they growth hacking? So you can similarly as a pastor, I would never endorse this or condone it. I, this is not the way of Jesus, but it's so easy to fall into the temptation to growth hack your church do people do this? <laughs> I don't think people would admit it, but you can see you if you if you know enough about how to growth hack, I like I because I've studied it because okay. um, of my work at Lifeway. I was building a platform and building yeah. a resource ministry to to resource and help churches. So I know the ins and outs of all of it, and I'm like, yeah, it is so easy because deep within, underneath the surface, we all want a king. We want a king. And for so many people, we saw, I mean, why has there been so much turmoil around politics these past four yeah. years, but especially this past year, right? Like it yeah. is, it is insane what people yeah. will actually like to storm the Capitol. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like I was watching designated survivor. <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah. how is this yeah, real? Yeah. So but you're deep, saying it's going, it's going back to that. It goes back to that. Yeah, we all want a king deep within our bones. We all just like God has created us for community and to not live in isolation. And where there are ways that people try to fill that gap through pornography or through social media and et cetera, go down the list in the same way with what we're talking about. People want a king, right? They want it. So when you think about people who are followers of Christ, it's like, hey, you could actually unintentionally unfortunately some people might do this intentionally but you could actually position yourself as the pastor as the king give people what they actually want deep down inside and be jesus when in fact you're not supposed to be jesus (laughs) Mm. right we serve a king right there's another king but we can unintentionally or intentionally take that place of jesus in growing our churches if you follow kind of that quote unquote playbook. So I would never endorse that. Like that's horrible. And I'm trying to fight against that, uh, knowing that that's what people want to mold you into, especially the larger your church is. So, yeah. Okay. So, so it's hard though, because as a person just looking from the outside, looking in, you're just like, well, God just blessing that ministry. Yeah. 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 Right. (laughs) So what does that do? Like, how do you, what does that do to the person? What, yeah. the, what, what does that do to the person who's actually attending, looking around going, oh my gosh, our church is, God is, God's doing amazing things in our church. Oh yeah. I mean, it's so easy. And this goes to some aspects of kind of my dark night of the soul too. But I mean, it, it's so easy for it to just go to your head, right? It's so easy as the pastor to be like, man, but God is blessing us right? Like this church is growing. I mean, isn't this me being faithful? Isn't this God, you know, blessing, you know, the prayers of the saints in our church and, 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 you know, so easy for it to be like, well, and I'm not saying growth is bad, right? I'm that's, that's not what I'm saying, but it's so easy. If, 
the pastor is unaware that this is even a possibility. And if the pastor is unaware of how they might actually be intentionally adding to this, mm -hmm. that's when it becomes dangerous. And I think that's when it can get a, get away from you. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's, okay. So one of my friends, Kevin Queen, uh, not Kevin Queen, Kevin, Kevin Queen is an incredible friend of mine too in Nashville, but Kevin Peck at Austin Stone in, in, in Austin, uh, he said it like this. He was like, you know, we, we don't ever let our communicators preach over this many times a year. Um, and I was like, why? And he's like, because if you preach too often and if you're on the stage and in front of people too much, you're actually going to, there's a liturgy being spoken back to you about who you mm -hmm. are, mm -hmm. you know, and, and church all churches yeah, yeah, have yeah. liturgies. So it's like, yeah. just think about this, right? If you're up every single week and your church is growing and also if your church is shrinking, right? There's another side that's being spoken <laughs> back to you too, right? Yeah and, yeah. and, and, and every week you're speaking and everyone is quiet and people clap or people, you see people coming to know Christ through this yeah. and it's just like god is using you he is using you but if you if unintentionally you can actually begin believing things that are not true about you and mm -hmm. believe things that hey this is actually the holy spirit working through you mm -hmm. this is not you mm -hmm. god can use a mule <laughs> right <laughs> he is choosing to use you right now but if we're not careful if we're not aware and that goes back to that sun shoe quote right where where we need to know ourselves mm, yeah yeah right that's yeah. so important mm. man uh i don't i don't think pastors or leaders would like to have like to like to be talking about this <laughs> because <laughs> yeah whoever I mean, is still listening right <laughs> see, I know, we haven't they, just, they all yeah. just stopped <laughs> <laughs> thanks buddy <laughs> Um, least downloaded episode is, ever yeah yes no it is so true so um okay so what is a follower of jesus supposed to do because mm -hmm. uh, in in the u.s right now uh, in the name of deconstruction a lot of people are leaving mm -hmm. they're just leaving uh their their church community mm -hmm. um one i think uh because uh I think some of the leaders uh, don't want to confront the real issues. Others don't know how to confront the real issues. Um, and some are stuck in their way. So mm. what does the average, in a sense, person go, okay, well, okay, so you're telling me that there's a way to grow a church with just business uh, strategies. Okay, you're telling me that sometimes what seems to be blessed, a blessed ministry might actually not be a blessed ministry at all. Mm. Okay, then what do I do? <laughs> like, like, like. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so easy to to get cynical, right? It's it's so yeah. easy, so easy with all the everything that you know, any sphere of society within the church or outside of the church within the last five years, you just kind of tally up everything that's happened. It is so easy to become cynical. Yet Jesus says, I want you to have faith like a child. How do we, in the midst of growing cynicism and apathy in our culture, and rightly so, there's a lot of reasons to be cynical yeah, yeah. Um, and to see the church as an institution that is after your whatever, right? Fill in the gap. But how do we have faith like a child? 
And I think that's, that's the piece where, yeah, we mm-hmm. may not be responsible for all the problems of society. And I know some of your listeners are listening and they're very justice oriented and, and they're mm-hmm. like, man, any injustice is their problem because they need to write it. And, and it's like, well, actually, no, it's, it's, it's G- like, Jesus is King, right? You're not yeah. King. Jesus is King. So how do we individually first and foremost as children of God, just be content with the fact that we have a heavenly father that has not only created this world, but he is sustaining it. And he's choosing to actively right now, give you and I breath. Mm -hmm. He didn't just create Mm -hmm. it and, you know, set it and forget it. Right. I mean, he is, he is ordaining and willing things to happen. And yes, he's given us free will, but man, he is a providential God who is in control. Mm -hmm. So how do we, in light of that, respond in worship? And in, yeah. as individuals, be faithful with what God has called us to and what he has laid before our hands and not try to be someone else or get on some list or grow mm. our church to whatever, because, you know, that's, it's a lie. Because any, if you, if, as long as you believe that, you're going to get there, maybe. And if you do, there's going to be something else, right? And it never satisfies. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we be satisfied and content with today, with the moment that we are in, with the faithful? And this is honestly, I like, I hate it when people, and I've, I, I, I fully get why people would ask this, because mm-hmm. I ask this of other people too. But I, I it, it irks me inside when someone asks me, how did you get to do all the things that you did? Just mm-hmm. lay out that strategic plan and oh, I'm going right, to copy right. yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, I'm just yeah, going to, because yeah. man, you're living the life. You're a pastor of a, of, of a mega church. You've written three books. You have multiple podcasts. You have this. And, you know, yeah. they look from the outside and, and I am their idol. And I'm like, dude, I don't do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't yeah. do that because... Because I, I had that strategic plan for my whole life, you know, almost 10 years ago until I was 85 years old. I mapped, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I mapped <laughs> it all out. I was trying to hack my way to, and God stripped it all away mm. where I just hit rock bottom to the point where I was, I was, I was questioning whether or not I was even called to be a pastor. Wow. And I was questioning whether or not I should even follow Christ. And he just stripped it Hmm. all away. And it was in that, right? In that everything be kind of, if you think about a garden, right? Like at the end of the season, before winter hits, you got to take all the roots, everything out. And it's like, that is what my life looked like. And I didn't know that God had buried seeds underneath that soil that, and this is the beautiful thing, right? My mom, she is like, she grew up on a farm six brothers in Korea. Wow. Like she knows everything and anything about farming and all that stuff. And, 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 and Billy like, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Graham. And, and my mom, I, I like, she came to know Christ, Buddhist family, grade 11, grade 12, came to know wow. Christ, secretly went to church with her friend and then went oh, to Bible man. college because she was like, not because she wanted to be a pastor, but because she was like, this... if this Jesus thing is real, I need to know more about him. So she went to Bible college, right? So it's yeah. Love her. But, but she, she was like, okay, okay, Daniel, or my Korean name is Sangi. She's like, okay, Sangi. Um, Sangi. Yeah. Sangi. Yeah. And then she's like, now that it's almost winter time, you got to plant garlic. I was like, what are you talking about? 
And she's like, yeah, because you have to plant garlic before winter, before the first frost hits. Because if you try to plant it in the spring, it doesn't work as well. You need to plant it in the winter and allow the snow, allow the frost, allow the ground to harden. And then in the spring, that's when it'll begin growing because there's this germination process that happens over winter. Oh, and wow. I didn't know that that's what God was doing in my life mm. when everything was being stripped away and all the fruit, everything that I was like, man, this is incredible. I am ser- I was in Korea. I was like, I am serving in a church of 50,000 people. <laughs> like who on their resume can say they were a pastor wow. at a church of 50,000 people and the church mm. was growing and, and the ministry was growing. And man, we were just seeing people be filled with the Holy Spirit and transformed and God just stripped it all away. And I thought it was all done, right? But mm. I didn't know that God was actually stripping it away because he wanted to grow something else. Mm. So. Wow. Wow. Dude, this is great stuff. Um, okay. So I think I don't want to, I want to be sensitive of your time here. So, all right, let me ask you one last question. Oh, actually. Um, yeah. Um, why do you, why do you keep doing what you're doing? Hmm. Oh, okay. So there's the Sunday school answer. Uh, and then there's the other answer <laughs> because of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is true. It's, it's, I'm, I've definitely Obviously, come to a yeah. point where God is, I, you know, I know what it's like for everything to be stripped away. Mm-hmm. And I just have this wholehearted, deep dependence on him where I can't even go a day without spending time with him and where my heart isn't full of gratitude. And I, I ensure with my spiritual disciplines that that's always the case because I think that's dangerous when we start, uh, quote unquote, using God. Yeah. So I think there's that posture of daily being grateful, right? It's because of Jesus, what he's done for us and Mm. just being a faithful servant and a son of him. So there's that side. The other side of it is uh, I recognize that to some, uh, I am a role model. And it's weird for me to say that, but I'm, I'm beginning to own it. Because for me, as a Korean, Canadian, Korean American, Asian American, whatever you want to, whatever category, <laughs> there are not a lot of AAPI yeah. leaders in yeah. senior leadership. Yeah, man. And and this church is uh, that I'm about to be, be the lead pastor of is you know multiple thousand people, multi campus as well. And I recognize that that is not normal. Mm-hmm. And I have lots of friends who. Uh, same context, same upbringing who have left the church because mm. of the disillusionment they saw because of mm. the power struggle, the yeah. hierarchy, the slur. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, mm. I'm like, you have allowed sin to get in to, 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 I know how sincerely you worship Jesus before, but you yeah. have allowed the sin of someone else to, to, to jade you away from Christ. Yeah. 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 Right. So not only for my fellow brothers and sisters in that way, but man, I long for a day when I, there are, there are male and female pastors, Asian American pastors, mm-hmm. right. Male and female who are serving, who are leading, who are preaching the gospel, who are discipling others, right. Whether in a full-time capacity paid by a church or not, right. Yeah. In and around this world, like I long yeah. to see that. And I know that seeing someone who looks like you mm-hmm. 
yeah is is massive yeah right and i yeah. don't take that lightly and i don't want to be an example of what not to be <laughs> right like i like that's just yeah it's, that's and, I, and i know no one who's there ever wanted to be there i i think it just it, it slowly slips away yeah. right it's it's when we allow the world to be more in you than christ is in you yeah. bro that's great man that's a great way to end this conversation um wow that's great and it's so true i resonate with all of that it is discouraging sometimes to feel like um, uh, no one really cares but then you go but the people who are watching care a whole lot and uh and if not for this generation then for the next you know so awesome all right so tell our listeners how they can find you uh how they can contact you if you want them to or not (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh well so my website is danielm.com so last name is i and then m as in mother um it's just like yeah there's so much here where you my last name is only two letters and yeah the number of misspellings that have happened i'm sure you can resonate with uh so danielm.com so that's the website and you got all my links and books and all that stuff there um but you know what if if you just on social media uh, go Daniel and my Korean name Sangi S A N G I Daniel Sangi at Daniel Sangi on all the platforms. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, yeah, so that it would be fun to connect. Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, last thing: Are you working on any projects you want people to know about? You know, so my last book, which is "You Are What You Do" and six other lies about work, life, and love, released a month before the pandemic last year. Oh, and it was like gangbusters for a month because mm. man, I just, I felt like God had given me that word and just so much prayer had went into that book and then yeah. COVID hit and I even <laughs> forgot about it because I was trying to yeah, survive. Right. And now that we're coming out of COVID, I'm just relooking at the book and I'm like, oh my goodness, for all the people who have lost their jobs, for yeah, all the yeah, people yeah. who have... Yeah turn from chasing after experiences to things right because of building outdoor decks lumber price being crazy you know (laughs) trampolines right we've 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 replaced our pursuit of experiences and a a pursuit of identity in our jobs to things again whereas i thought we had moved away from that right and the book essentially outlines seven lies that if we're not careful coming out of this pandemic we're actually going to revert back to placing our identity Mm. and building our lives based on any one of these seven lies. So yeah, my prayer is that that would just be an encouragement um, to turn to Christ rather than these things that so often trip us up. That's great. Where can we get this book? Uh, Anywhere books are sold. So uh, yeah, you are what you do and six other lies about work, life and love. Okay. Awesome. All right, bro. Well, thank you so much. And uh, yeah. I feel like we could we just got started but we got to end the thing <laughs> yeah. right for now and yeah, you got to go now. back you got to check on your um your brisket my right? brisket yeah i do yeah i i can see it right here i got it like i see <laughs> what temperature is at right now so. oh my gosh oh it's ridiculous all right bro thank you awesome thank you i think these are one of my favorite conversations you know this uh season uh dark room sessions Having these kinds of conversations, man, aren't they amazing? Yeah, they're they're really great, man. I actually last week uh, for the plane ride, I <laughs> downloaded a few of them and listened back to them again. Uh, 
And there's just so much, there's so much depth and weight to a lot of these conversations. And this one was really great. Yeah. Yeah. And we could have gone on and most of these guys, uh, we could have just kept on going. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. So we're looking yeah, forward cool. to that. I've got a few more of these sessions. Um, yeah. So it's going to yeah. be fun. Well, awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, as always, if this spoke to you in some way, uh, please like, share, subscribe. Uh, send this to somebody, send them the link, share it to your Instagram profile, share it to your Facebook page, whatever. Just uh, help us spread the word uh, about this podcast because we're having fun with this. And we hope that, um, you know, we hope that you come yeah. alongside us and help share it. So, yeah, of course. Yes, for sure. All right, guys. Awesome. See ya. <laughs>